The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Na, 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 come on! On this episode of the Heat Check, we get into some news around the NBA, more guys into the rumor mill of the trades. John Morant just killing kids, killing kids, staring them down, doesn't care who you are, wives, chill. hide your kids, hide your wives. John Morant's killing everybody up in here. We're getting into busy season, Brock, so let's drop that beat. conservative dad living in Louisiana is sending little kids to conversion therapy. But in this case, it's not turning them straight. It's setting them straight that there will be no fucking other fandom in this arena except for for the Memphis Grizzlies. Specifically, Steph Curry. There is no more Steph Curry fans. If you're in our arena and you root for us, you wear no one else's jersey. And if you wear another kid's jersey, another man's jersey, and you ask for a high five in our fucking arena, I am not only turning you down, I will flex on your face two inches from your seven-year-old body and your whack-ass Golden State Warriors jersey because that is what happened, folks. So this is how it all went down. Golden State. Plays in Memphis. Everybody's excited. Every time Steph comes to town, Steph gets a tons of fans. Ah, MVP. Ah. Little kids love them some Steph Curry. Not anymore. Not here anymore. So John Morant dunks. A little kid courtside puts his hand up to Jaw, and Jaw's like, no, absolutely not. You're in a Steph Curry jersey. And he flexes in this kid's face. Can't be rooting for Steph and actually also rooting for us. So they asked him about it in the presser. After the last bucket, you got through the foul and you go into the stands and there's a little kid wearing a Warriors. Disrespectful with that jersey on. He will say that again? He was disrespectful. (laughs) With the jersey on. You no mercy for the little kid. Nah. (laughs) We ain't Memphis. It looked like he wanted to cheer, but he had that jersey on. <laughs> I apologize to him, but in that moment, bro, 
they could turn me off and then back me up. <laughs> Do you expect nah, but, him back? No, and you want him back in the Grizzlies too next to my yeah, next for time? Sure. Yeah. Uh, somebody find you know his. <laughs> no disrespect to the guy though. He probably looked up. Yep, that's what he's doing, folks. I'll send every kid that lives in Memphis my jersey, Jaron's jersey, Dylan's jersey, fuck it, even Desmond Bain's jersey. But no, Steph Curry fandom in this building. It's time for conversion therapy, folks. And that's what happened. And this moment, this viral, could have been a bad PR move, truthfully, but it became funny. But it turned into a positive PR move, maybe one of the greatest PR moves in modern memory. The Grizzlies have now turned this into an event. Every little kid in Memphis can now come to this event Turn in like a pip, like an old can of soup where you get to go to the movies. You know what I mean? Like bring your beans. <laughs> bring your stuff. And you get to see like little women or something. And so <laughs> what's that movie with Whoopi Goldberg? That's what I did. I, I gave like some SpaghettiOs to get into that Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg movie. Eddie. Class Act 3 or Eddie, Sister Act, Sister Act 4, some shit. So that's what's happening. You bring your little can of beans, a.k.a. your Steph Curry jersey, your LeBron jersey, any other jersey. You give it to us. You don't own it anymore. And we will give you two Memphis Grizzly jerseys back. We'll give you one from Ja and one from Jaron. And on top of that, since you're giving us your old fandom, you're literally turning in your fandom. Honestly, that's the best. You're turning in the rights to that fandom. And you're also in exchange getting two tickets to the game where I imagine you got to wear those jerseys. Showing up, showing out. Tremendous. Just electric. And that brings me, I guess, to a question. What franchise is the best to its fans? By that, I mean what NBA team has the best fan base outreach program and treats its fans the best because and I'll compile the best responses for a segment on the next week's episode but because the the reason that there are little kids all over the world all over the country not only wearing Steph Curry jerseys because he's electric but also because Golden State has created one of the most child-friendly environments in the NBA, all of the community outreach that they do around the Bay, all of the events that they take place in where they're signing things and hanging out and soup kitchens and shit, they're literally tailoring that experience for young fans so they can turn them into little Golden State Warrior soldiers. Onward, Golden Warriors, marching on to war. With the cross of Draymond. It's like that. They're turning their prop. It's like, it's, it's propaganda, folks, is what this is. Let's be honest. That's what all of sports is, is turning you into treating this as a tribe so they can control you. Don't worry about that, though. Don't worry about that, though. Put a little something on your head. We'll get you in. <laughs> I'm clowning now. Anyway, we got to get to some more news. Sacramento Kings, we love them. It's our annual, it's our bi-weekly check-in on the Sacramento Kings. And of course, as usual, it starts with us checking in on poor old Alvin Gentry, uh, interim head coach. 
We've been talking a lot about this esteemed gentleman, truly one of the league's elder statesmen, voice of reason, you know, the man with the cigar just sitting on the porch swinging, giving you advice and wisdom. We've been talking about him ever since he took over for Luke Walton, and ever since, I think, slowly but surely, game by game, the team is driving him insane. I think so. Uh, at least twice, he's opened post-game pressers with apologies, heartfelt ones, and then he's he's led to like aggressive call-outs. He's yelling on the sidelines. It's not working. I mean, it, it, at least they did win against the Lakers the other night. They did do that. It seems the fifth time they played one another and they finally get a win in regulation. So no matter that he can't fix it, and the most important thing that I see night after night after night is he cannot wring an ounce of consistency out of this lineup. Tristan Thompson, who's consistent as hell, is doing one thing, and not doing it on the floor. Pound town. And you know what? It's, maybe you should be doing pound town down under the rim, Tristan Thompson, instead of at Aria or Excess or wherever the fuck you end up pulling your insta-thoughts and impregnating them. It's not his fault, though, Alvin Gentry. I don't think Bobby Knight could fix this team. I don't think he could yell his way or, or beat his way into making this team a disciplined bunch. Or a winning record. I don't think it's happening. The facing issues facing this team date back at least like five years ago, probably, uh, to when they drafted players they shouldn't have, how they constructed this roster. Let's be honest. Like, I love Davion Mitchell, but we know that wasn't a great pick unless you're going to trade someone else. And it appears the bedrock upon which this wonky fucking guard forward team has been built is maybe, probably, kind of going to get traded. Yep. I'm not talking about Marvin Bagley either, don't worry. Uh, He'll stay around for a little while. (laughs) I'm talking about De'Aaron Fox. Turns out De'Aaron Fox is a broken man. Uh, He's a man, a thoughtful man. (laughs) I don't actually know if he's broken. But the centerpiece of the Kings marketing campaign since he got drafted is now so downtrodden that he's openly talking to the media about all the scenarios of him potentially being traded. That is what consistently losing will do for you. Um, Chris Haynes just dropped a Woj-sized bomb, which I've spent five minutes thinking about what the sound of a Chris Haynes bomb sounds like. It's the groundswell, right? It's a boom. Where you know a bomb went off, you don't know where. It went out, it's underneath somewhere. You don't hear the because it's underneath. When Chris Haynes drops a bomb, it comes from the source, underground. And you can hear its reverberations throughout the league. And so a Woj-sized bomb dropped when he reported that Fox's name is now being circulated around the league as a superstar who could be had for the right price. I mean, everybody's available for the right price, but he's actually, like, available, available. Not just like, oh, I've been with some girl for a year and a half, but, like, we're not married yet. It's like, no, I've been with this girl, but I'm not that happy, and she's not that happy with me, so maybe we want to do a wife swap kind of a thing. And my first thought was, somewhere, someplace, Daryl Morey just got, went from 6 to 12. Like... 
He's like, did someone say deer and fox? I don't know how well Tyrese Maxey and Deer and Fox would work together. Probably Tyrese would end up on the bench. But I know Daryl Morey is salivating at the potential to get a player like Fox. And so when asked about this possibility, instead of ducking the answer like most athletes will do, to his credit, Fox, brutally honest. Yep, this is what he told Haynes. You definitely think about potentially being traded because we're struggling. I mean, that's an understatement, I'd say. If you do have a change of scenery, it changes everything. I've been here for five years. I've built a life here. I've built a family here. But once I'm on the court, all of that is out the window. You're not thinking about anything else that can happen outside of your control. And that's a lie. Uh, And that's a lie. I promise you the thought of leaving the Sacramento Kings has been on his mind. I consistently think he's thinking about things that are 100% out of his control, which is getting traded. It was on his mind so much, he talked about it for like 10 minutes on this interview. Just that. Here are some of my favorite excerpts. I've been through some deadlines. I've seen people get traded at the last second. You try not to think about it. But, you know, it's a business. Anything can happen. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. Obviously, you see reports on Twitter. I love that that's where guys see reports. Like, see reports on Twitter. Uh, Am I worried about it? No. Can it happen? Yeah. It can definitely happen. I'm not going to sit here and say I want to get traded, but anything can happen in this business. And that's a lie. Like, and that's a lie. I think he definitely wants to change the scenery. I think if you're with the Sacramento Kings and you're losing and losing and losing for five straight years, haven't been to the playoffs, go through coach and another coach, and then you get Luke Walton and you get another coach, I think you would want a fresh start. They've averaged under 30 wins his entire career, and they're 10 games, Jesus, and they're 10 games under 500 right this moment. So what he else said, you've seen some of the best players in the, in the league get traded. You can't think you're safe. But I love being here because for years the Kings were the only professional team in the city. Kings fans, they love the Kings. Pause. If you Google, like I said, Sacramento Kings, the first thing you find outside of the team page is whether they exist. So I don't know that they're that, like, rabid. I don't know that there's that many of them. Uh, he said, that's what I've always loved about it. Me coming from Kentucky, that's how it was with us. Even when we had a good football team, no one cared. (laughs) What a ricochet shot. It was a basketball school. This is a basketball city. And these fans have a genuine love for the Kings and its players. And that's something that I love. Just kind of an unnecessary shot at UK football. (laughs) Just for me, not a necessary thing to say at all. But yeah, I mean, I would say Fox clearly likes that fan base. He's been the man in a city where it's only that purple, black, deer and fox, swiper. Then he cut his hair and things have gone downhill since. And then Haynes also reported that teams have consistent interest also in Tyrese Halliburton, along with Marvin Bagley Jr. and Harrison Barnes, are also reported to be on the move. That's a lot of players. Uh, you know what we've got here, folks? We've got a good old-fashioned estate sale on our hands. <laughs> the Kings, man. The Kings, I was thinking about. The Kings remind me of, like, when a rich old miser dies and everyone circles around the widow. And they're like, oh, man. You know, Miss Johnson, I'm so sorry for your loss. 
Uh, would you take $150 for that Rolex over there? It's nice. I mean, these items are probably really tough for you to look at, given, you know, the emotional connection that you have to them. So I can take them off your hands and get rid of all that pain. I mean, I'm sure Chester, what was his name? Chester would prefer his watch on someone's wrist that really appreciates it. Let me take hold of that full collection and I'll make sure that every single owner takes care that Chester would feel proud of to let his legacy go on. Like shitty, like like just piranhas circling the water, swirling around this team and all the potential items of value that you could just drop into potential contenders. De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Davion Mitchell, Rashawn Holmes, a lot of guys that could just easily integrate into a would-be contender and just fit. And GMs are largely scumbags, just like guys who buy secondhand watches you know second used and they try to like turn it into like a real profession those guys are largely scumbags (laughs) and now the kings are being seen as a dead carcass in which the choice parts need to be picked out like you just go in there and just get everything out until it's just the rib cage just marvin bagley (laughs) Marvin Bagley's the rib cage of the dead animal. Vultures, folks. Vultures, every last one of them. And if you're a Kings fan, gross. You really probably want to see Ben Simmons instead of Darren Fox. A top seven protected first rounder for Halliburton. Slightly used Converse Chucks for Marvin Bagley Jr. I don't know. The third? No. No, you don't. Not at all. Well, I mean, unless it's like those um, Dior Chucks. Those Dior Chucks are fire. I would definitely get Dior Chucks for a Marvin Bagley. But if you're not a Kings fan, which is basically everyone, you probably want to see De'Aaron somewhere where he can thrive. can be fully appreciated. Where his coach is not saying mean things about him and his teammates every night and where his other teammate isn't constantly in TMZ for impregnating some other girl that he's not even with, some cocktail waitress or something. You want to see Tyrese Halliburton on a winning team too, and so on and so on and so on. And the nice part about this though, bright side, silver linings, 2022 goal for me, silver linings, everyone is now watching the Kings. I mean, not actually physically watching them play, but where all eyes are on, all eyes are on the Kings, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm not watching a 10 p.m. tip of the Kings. That's like last resort basketball. (laughs) And then it's back, and until they trade all their assets, that'll happen. They'll trade them all, and then it's back to purgatory. And then the next group comes in with all the lottery picks you just accumulated that don't fit together because you don't have anyone to evaluate talent, put them together like a little quilt, and then you do it all over again. Fun times in Sacramento. Uh, moving along. Uh-oh. rot row. More breaking James Wiseman news. Alert, alert, alert. Some info. That has just been casually swept under the rug. 
Kind of like when um, the Pelicans tried to slide in the news during uh, training camp or their media day uh, about Zion coming off of foot surgery when they were like telling the media, like, hey, uh, we've also added caramel corn uh, to our list of concession offerings uh, as a pregame meal. And you're like, love caramel corn. But what was that first part you just said? <laughs> what was that thing about Zion? Did you just say he had off-season surgery? When were you going to tell us that? Right now, about with the popcorn. Isn't Step one, tell you about the popcorn. Step two, tell you about the media sign seating. Step three, tell you about Zion. Back to James Wiseman. You know James Wiseman. He was that next superstar center that the Warriors could have taken LaMelo Ball, and then they ended up taking him, the one that was going to come into the league, dominate on both sides of the floor, be a monster on the glass, be a monster defensively, have athleticism, be able to shoot, be able to dribble, do all these things, play pick and roll with Steph. Make this team better. Like Evan Mobley. Like Evan Mobley. (laughs) James Wiseman has not uh, turned into Evan Mobley. He has not. He's not even close to Isaiah Mobley. Evan Mobley's older brother who's still in college. And I'm not even sure if James Wiseman is as valuable as the (laughs) mid-century modern cocktail table inside the vintage store around the corner from my apartment called the modern mobler like i don't even think i don't even that's a real place and didn't make it up i love mid-century modern furniture never goes out of style you know what i mean like i'm a fan of danish design and like one can last generation after generation the other one is james wiseman you know what i mean like who knows and just unlike unlike that cocktail t- table, James Wiseman's probably more damaged than we realized. That cocktail table is in great shape. It's 900 bucks. I'm still thinking about it. Um, white on top. Why else would the Golden State Warriors hide this particular huge piece of news that just broke? This is what they said. Uh, Golden State Warriors center James Wiseman underwent an additional arthroscopic knee surgery in December. Pause. That's like that's like just this other day. Uh, eight months after his initial meniscus surgery last April. Pourquoi? Okay. Uh, excuse me. What? So listen, I follow the Warriors obviously very closely, almost as closely as anyone. Before my Twitter was hacked, like 87% of my mentions were all Warriors fans. I have to stay locked in for them. My avatar, Jordan Poole, I'm in. I am into Warriors Twitter. I know what's happening. I know who the pulse of the team is. I know how important Gary Payton II is. Fucking Jordan Poole, I said it, avatar. And I never heard a peep. Not a little Bo Peep, not a little peep. Before Easter, who I love, love those. You would think that the number two pick in the 2020 draft getting knee surgery just three weeks ago after being touted as early to return this season, which now we're halfway through, would, I don't know, be big news? Big news? It's just swept under the rug. So apparently here's what happened. Wiseman was slated to return to full practice in November, which I told people, no. (laughs) I told him, no, that's not going to happen. You should try to trade him. 
You should d- trade him fast. Ah, we're doing our thing. We got a big man, blah, blah. Nobody's listening, but here we go. So then, nothing. We all figured that they were just being cautious, just like they were about Clay. They were playing so well, they didn't need him. Why rush him back? As it turns out, apparently Wiseman needed a scope and a cleanup in mid-December, which has, quote, which has, quote, slowed his anticipated comeback from the injury. I mean, no shit. It's another surgery. Um, When asked why the Warriors held this info so close to their chest, Anthony Slater, Warriors beat writer, wrote, only they know. I know. I know why. Uh, They're trying to move him. Uh, I'm not going to speculate, he said, but I started reporting on a possible setback because Wiseman was nearing full five-on-five scrimmaging in November, and then suddenly... He wasn't. He was basically shut down, briefly, and then returned to only doing light individual drills. A large step back. No shit. A large step back from where he seemed to be progressing. The swelling and the scoping are the reason. Yikes. I will speculate for you, Anthony Slater. How about they see Wiseman as an asset and they didn't want to tell the world about something that would devalue said asset, lowering what they could get back if they wanted to, I don't know, move them by three weeks from now? So when? When will we see this deer in the headlights back on the floor again? Not anytime soon, it turns out. Listen, we're going to go back, find that clip. We're going to put it back in these episodes where it's like, this is what I said, this is what happened. According to sources, maybe by the All-Star break, James Wiseman will be back because he's quote-unquote nearing contact work again now. Look for him a lot to get a lot of G League work before coming back to the Warriors full-time. Let's face it, he'll probably feel at home there. Until he can string a few good years of basketball together, I'm just going to continue to keep hammering on this. Look for two things to happen. First, get ready for a lot of a Greg Oden has entered the chat conversation. (gasps) Anytime his name comes up. Uh, And second, more thoughts, more questions, more tears around the Warriors whenever the name LaMelo Ball comes up. That's all the time that we have for the Heat. Hate to see it. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back in a few days with a brand spanking brand new episode of the Heat Check. Do not forget to download, subscribe. Please tell the homies. All of them. And follow us on this Heat Check and Trista Crick on TikTok. Hopefully I can get that Twitter back soon, folks. I'm in contact. Still hasn't happened yet. Early, world, early, squirrely, soon, soon, soon. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4... Featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam, it's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. 
Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com.